Yeah, one time we got off the train, like right after that happened in Midtown somewhere, and we get off the train, I'm like, someone's like, oh, I know you guys, you guys, you guys are twins, right? I'm like, yeah, she's like, oh, I know you, I'm thinking like, she's gonna say cartel twins, you know, like we made it, we're in downtown square, everybody notices us, she's like, you guys are the Matrix twins. Oh <laughs> my God, that pause. We actually, we put it up to Instagram too, and on Instagram it got like, uh, I mean, over 2,000 likes, which was pretty good for us at the time. So, you know, what, what you figure it gained some kind of viral, do you resemble the twins in the Matrix? No, not at all. No, no, no. They're like so. They're, they're literally like. What, why? Why is it? Why do you guys have a Matrix feel to you? Like, is it the techno? Uh, is it like? The he, well, what he was saying is like, there's a glitch in the Matrix. Oh. Like, uh, like <laughs> how is you know, like I'm seeing some like trippy ass shit, man. Like, how is this even happening? You, you know, it's just yeah. one person. He thought. I don't know. It was a bug out, man. Uh, I yeah, saw that picture. Like, I saw that picture, and uh, you know I can't blame that that guy for it. That, that's funny. Wondering that, what the fuck is going on. <laughs> that's funny that people bug out on the train. So yeah. imagine being in a nightclub when you're drinking, doing what else? Knows it's late as hell, and then oh, you guys yeah. just fucking come out. And they just see like two fucking big ass smiles and big beards, and you guys just fucking get into it. Yeah, bro. People, right. are, people are very lucky that we don't dress exactly alike all the time. Yeah. You know, we're probably uh, when we when we play at our sets, we try to look a little bit more alike. But uh, we were at all day at Dream uh, a few days ago, and some dude just like he sees Gabe passing, and then he sees me passing right behind him. And I look at the dude, and he's like bugging out clear. I'm like, yo, you're tripping, man. Really? <laughs> you know, he's just like, like, he like, he literally looked at me in the eyes, fucking turned around and walked away. Just like walked in the other direction. I was like, oh my god, I just bugged this guy out. He's probably on some acid or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, guys, uh, cameras are set, sound set, we're rolling all around. So we can begin. Awesome. Hey everybody, welcome to The Hangout, where it's not really a show, we're just hanging out. I'm here today with the Cartel Twins, Gabriel and Samuel. Yes. And um, they're techno DJs from Brooklyn, and um, this summer they've really taken the New York City club scene by storm. They've been doing big shows, uh, lots of club gigs. Yeah. You got to play at Electric Zoo. Yeah, that was uh, definitely the highlight of the year so far. You know, keep on working at that career, and it's what, what we had done in the summer. We were able to cap it off with our first festival gig. That was a huge accomplishment yeah, for us. Yeah. That was and uh, yeah, the summer was a real good one, man. We played at Cielo, Output, uh, you know, Revolt when it was still around. And a lot of clubs in New York, I mean, uh, we've just been received very well. And, Happy about that, man. Can't, can't My question for you too is: You've been DJs for a long time now. How long have you been DJing? Uh, yeah, we've been DJing since we're 12 years old. Like actually messing with turntables. We got our turntables at 15, and we like kind of adopted them from our older brother. And before uh, that, we were always messing around with them anyway. At 15 years old, when we got them, we already knew how to play. So yeah, it was a. Uh, so yes. some techniques, some vinyl turntables. So you've always been like really invested in like really making a career out of it and like kind of not just a hobby but taking it really seriously. Right. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, go on. So, so it's been like this for like 
at least 10 years, I would say, of yeah. me just taking it really seriously. But I feel like this summer is when it all happened and you guys started getting those shows. You guys started appearing at Nervous Records. You're, yeah. you're playing Space, you're playing Electric Zoo. People would say that it happened overnight almost, but you've been, you've been grinding away at it for 10 years. Yeah, um, you know, sometimes you work 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah. Maybe in another 10 years we'll be looking back like, wow, you know, we've accomplished so much more. It's definitely not one day, it's, uh, it's work every single day, grind, grind, grind. And then by the time you get to the point where you've reached one of those accomplishments, um, yeah, some people see it as overnight, but the truth is, is it takes a lot of listening to music, getting people to, uh, getting what you want into people's ears and, you know, getting that audience built. So there's many different facets to it and, you know, we've been fortunate enough to, to learn a few of them over 10 years, you know, as, as we've actually taken this seriously as a business. Cool. And what was your favorite show so far this summer? Uh, Definitely Electric Zoo was the favorite show, of course. I was a dream yeah, come true to play Electric Zoo. That was like uh, something that when we were, uh, what was it, like 21, when it was the first year of Zoo and we were going out there, we're like, this is what we want to do with our lives, we know it. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, to, to play it was like seriously a dream come true. Yeah, and I wanted to get invited over there as, a, as an artist. Yeah. Um, like Gabe said, you know, we, we went there for many years made it our goal and you know sometimes you reach your goals luckily with this one we did awesome well it's a wrap these guys played electric zoo they <laughs> made it to the pinnacle of, uh, of just the dj career and that's it the rest is history <laughs> the rest is history man there's only higher to go from here and you know we're gonna keep on working next year we want to do zoo again we want to have other festivals in our roster and we're going to be working hard to make that happen so what's a typical work week like for you guys these days uh, i'd say probably like 40 50 hours sitting there if you include social media 60 70 hours but you're you're sitting there you know we manage ourselves right now we've, everything we've built we've done kind of on our own of course with the help of our friends but in regards to management, you know, we're reaching out, we're, we're making these contacts, yeah, making contacts, going to the venues, talking to people, and um, yeah. So you mentioned social media. Part of your social media strategy is that you guys are, I believe it's called the meme lords. Yeah, meme meme cartels. <laughs> that's awesome. So so that's like the the drug, the dopamine hit that you're pushing is memes. Yes, yes. Well, people love to see personality out of artists, so it's good to, to be able to give people a little laugh on top of, you know, putting that music onto their speakers. Yeah. We also want to make sure that they see who we are as people, so, so we post those memes, we express ourselves through memes. Through memes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and what's your creative process with all these memes? Your in, your Instagram it has like over ten thousand followers right now, right? Yeah, we're actually uh, close to twenty seven or something. Twenty seven thousand followers on on the gram. And uh, growing a lot every single week, you know. Yeah. Some weeks seeing thousands of people uh, following our page, so it's. It's, it's a lot it's a lot of work man in that regard but uh we gain inspiration for our memes just from you know going out having fun at the club so 
you know, we drink a lot. I post a lot of stuff about alcohol. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I all, it's, all, it's, all, it's all for fun though. Like, yeah. You know, we're, when you see it, the creative process is we see something, I like it, you know. I laugh at it. Sometimes we make our own jokes. Sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll see our own brand on it. But for the most part, we see something we like and, you know, it's a chance to connect with other uh, social media outlets and uh, just interact with our audience so putting it out there as much as we can to, to just you know be able to communicate and so what are your favorite memes these days what's hot right now in the meme market uh harambe is very hot oh my god uh, that's been uh, this, uh, yeah. this, uh, I miss you. god bless yeah um yeah. harambe is definitely a hot one right now you know uh if there's one thing i learned from him it's that you really got to cherish what you love while you can yeah and um you know, on, on the other meme fronts, of course, uh, Spongebob is hot, you know, just all stuff that's relatable, a picture that will bring you back to childhood and then throw a joke about being an alcoholic on there. <laughs> it's you awesome. got yourself a hit. <laughs> yeah, Horrendous is probably the most, like, uh, impactful meme for me this year because it, it really, because you see, like, the shirts, and the fucking signs at festivals yeah. and everything like that, and everybody is. There's a movement behind it that has so much meaning, you know. Dicks out. Yeah. What does dicks <laughs> out mean to you? To me, it means. Listen, guys, pay attention. Don't don't let this go to rest. Take your dicks out and <laughs> express your opinion to the world. Let them see it. Yeah. You pull those dicks out. Don't hold back the pain of the loss of Harambe. Yeah. Let it all out. Yeah. And like. You could also put yourself in Harambe's shoes, and this was one of the most important things for me this year, is that life is short, people, and you should live in the moment right now and kind of pursue your passion and live the life that you want to live, because you might be sitting there minding your own business in a freaking cage, and then out of nowhere, a little freaking toddler could fall on your lap and you're like, oh, let me help you out. Boom! Shot in the head. You're just trying to save him. Yeah. You never know when you it's going to end. You got to cherish every moment. Appreciate, yeah. appreciate life as you have it. Yeah. And if a, child, if a child falls in your arms, just leave it. Don't, yeah, don't, don't save him. He don't want to be saved. He don't want to be saved. Save, save yourself and run. Yeah. Think about your, yourself first. That's right. Before helping others. <laughs> <laughs> Help yourself first. Wise words. Yeah. Wise words. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Harambe was definitely a, a solid one this year, though. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Anytime um, something big like that happens, the world needs to to let it all out. Yeah. I think. Sure. Uh, we, yeah. People have been able to express their emotions through there. There's been a lot of memes, a lot, like, you know, uh, memes come and go, like Arthur memes, whatever, you know, people, people would put some joke over a picture of Arthur, and it's good, it's all relatable, but, you know, the ones that mean a lot, they stay Harambe, Pepe the Frog, you know, those are going to last. Yeah, Pepe was very 2015. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah he was. Still around today, just that boy came around. You know, Stole he, the spotlight. Yeah. Frog. See, there's, a, there's also that contrast. You got memes like Harambe and they stick around for a long time. I mean, that boy was just like a blip almost. Yeah, he was like, but, you know, everybody knows man. that boy. Everybody knows who that boy is, but, you know, I'd like to see more jokes about that boy. 
you know, it, it's tough because it's so random and there's like no punchline. It's just like, yeah. boy. Exactly. That's yeah. that's the little frog on the unicycle. It's like a 3D image. Yeah. It came out of nowhere. It's kind of based on nothing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it is. Say somebody says, "Oh shit, what up?" Here comes that boy. That's the whole joke. People are like, "What is that? What does it mean?" That's it. It's just provocative. Frog saying hi. It's provocative. Come on, guys. That's what it means. <laughs> that boy's coming. To you know, some people don't like. They don't understand memes fully and. The thing about memes is you can't go digging too deep. You have to yeah. kind of look at the surface and, and just see what, what's there and give it a little laugh. That's about it. Yeah, see, I think way too deep into these things. So when I see the Rambe, <laughs> I'm like so inspired. <laughs> but you're right. Sometimes you're supposed to just laugh and keep scrolling. Well, you know, Harambe is an exception. Yeah, Harambe is you gotta the exception. Dick out for Harambe, but you don't have to put a dick out for my, that boy. My dick is at home right now. <laughs> yeah, I can't see it, but it's there. <laughs> it, 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 it's, actually, it's actually blurred out right now. This is the sensor. <laughs> Um, so you guys are twins, eh? Hey, yeah. And when people see you outside, when they see you in public, when they want to say hi, how do they know who is Gabe and who is Sam? Because I struggle with this and I've known you guys for a long time. It's a good question. Um, you know, people closer to us will usually just ask who's who or if they have a sense of who it is, you know, very close friends. Do you get offended yeah. when, like, somebody that you've known for a long time says, No. Gabe, is that you? I mean, if it's like, if it's, if it's like the girl that you're, you're like, the girl you're setting a relationship with, something like that, you kind of like her to know, but the truth is, like, nobody knows our mother, our brother. No way. Like, a couple of our friends that have known us our entire lives, but yeah, we can't get mad about it, be mad all day. Yeah, it's just, yeah. you know, it's part of being a twin, but we, you know, some twins separate, that, yeah. that type of anxiety kind of like draws you apart, yeah. you want your individuality, but for us, we learned how to deal with it, and, uh, you know. How do you retain your individuality? It's uh, a good question. We, we work together a lot, so, you know, yeah. um, We've accepted that as individuals, we just have to accept that we're individual people, but yes. as you know, business people and as brothers, we work together as a team, and you know, we have uh, we, we treat each other like family. So we have a very special relationship that most can't understand. But um, being an individual, I guess, is something that you do still yearn for a little bit. Just yeah, I, I know a thing or two about working with my brother. There's Constantine over there in the background. Yep. Yeah, yeah. buttons. How are we doing, Constantine? Does it look good? Looks great. Awesome. So we're actually doing, uh, we're recording it on professional video for YouTube. Uh, we're also doing a cell phone live stream on Facebook. You guys shared the link. So uh, for all those people that are watching live, you guys could actually ask questions in real time. Um, and at the end of the show, you know, we could answer them. Or Constantine, if you see any questions, throw them at us. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we've got Maria Guido saying, my three favorite people. Oh, Maria. <laughs> She's cute. Uh, we got <laughs> Schnur saying, uh, tell them Schnur and say, say what's good. Hey, oh, hey, so much. Hey, what up? Yo, he, he wants to know, are you guys twins? No, no, definitely yeah. not twins. <laughs> okay, very, very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Case closed. 
We got uh, Christiana Vadas saying, Bras! Uh, we got. Hey, Christiana. Hey, Chrissy. <laughs> we got Maribel Rivera saying, Sam on the left, am I right? <laughs> which way? Uh, which way? I guess. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, that, that would be one. Yeah, that would be one. Look at you. Yeah, but we're not twins though. Definitely not twins. <laughs> you guys are stinking liars. <laughs> gotta have fun in this life, man. Uh, and then Maribel says, Vape Nice. Alright. Vape Nice. Vape Nice. N A Y S H. Vape Nice. Thank you too. Uh-huh. Very big wish. Yes. <laughs> Alright, looks like we have a really special audience watching us today. Um, for everybody that's watching the live stream right now, you're obviously home and you got nothing better to do. These guys are doing a show tonight, aren't you? This yes. is true. Yes, we're doing a show at Analog tonight, supporting Monologue in Brooklyn. That's uh, Monologue is from Berlin. He's uh, actually a very big DJ. Um, internationally known as a techno DJ and we've listened to him for many years so to be supporting him is a huge honor and we're looking forward to this gig today. Uh, yeah. I actually got a few gigs coming up too. On Sunday we'll be playing Space Ibiza, we'll be making our debut there. Space Ibiza in New York. No, Space Ibiza in New York, excuse uh, me. Yeah, that's the day party. <laughs> the day party on, on the deck. deck and that's with Robert Dietz who's also a tech house superstar and you know we're honored to play with that's that's nice but how's the weather gonna be on Sunday? The weather's gonna be perfect. That's what I perfect guys. You can wear your your full attire, you know, not a jacket, but you know, start with your new fashion, come out, be outside in the sun, into the sunset. It's gonna be nice. Um, and what time is your set on Sunday? We'll be playing um, 4 to 6.30. Get there. Yes. Get there, guys. Hit us up for list. It's gonna be lit, fam. Oh, it's like that? Yeah. You heard Gabe. But only if you ask a question. If you don't ask questions to the live stream. Forget about it. <laughs> awesome, man. That's dope. Um, musically, what's going on with this whole techno scene is it just a fad uh, techno is growing like every single day it's i mean it but when, when we were getting in it it was very underground and uh you know it's still underground but it's also getting much bigger than the underground can contain you know yeah. there's major techno festivals all over the world mm -hmm. and uh you know just specific to the genre and people yeah. really love to dress in all black like sam mm -hmm. is today Oh yeah, yeah. It used to, apparently used to be white, but not. They right. like to wear white shirts back in the day, but apparently a few years ago I read an article that techno turned all black, and hey, I'm happy to partake. Look at this. Yeah, Look man, black is that color. Yeah, black uh, is in. My question for you is: When you started DJing, what did you always know that you loved house music, techno, tech house, or did you? Are you into a little bit of everything like I am personally? Because I, I fucking love dubstep. I love EDM sometimes too. House music, you know, I feel like there's a time and a place for everything. I absolutely. Uh, when we were younger, uh, you know, we always experimented with different music from hip hop to even sometimes EDM sounds. 
we started really DJing on vinyl and hip hop, yeah, hip hop uh, records. records, and you know Biggie, and you know just it wasn't the world that we're in now. But uh, mm -hmm. as we grew older and our you know taste got a little bit more uh, defined, yeah. At this point, we know, you know tech house, techno. These are this. That's how we want to base our DJ careers right now. It's cartel twins. We're building our name around techno and tech house, mm -hmm. deep house. Those are the genres we mainly want to stick in. But uh, we did actually, our taste evolved. So like you, we used to like dubstep, like really love dubstep and, and drum and bass. You know, you catch us at the festival, jamming out to NBC, taking, you know, dancing so hard. I, I literally had to take a four hour nap after listening to a one hour set because I'm just running <laughs> around the fucking floor, you know, hands in the air, dancing yeah. some dubstep, which isn't really dancing. It's kind of just moving violently. Yeah. But you know. <laughs> For sure, um, and to get a better taste of the type of music that you're into, you actually started a radio show, and you've been pretty consistent with it. Right, uh, yeah. You post it on SoundCloud every week. Yeah, every Tuesday we, we try to stick to the that formula. Every Tuesday, bringing you a new mixtape. Uh, the afternoon mixtape. Yeah. yeah, in the afternoon. Cartel uh, Twins mixtape. Yeah, it's called Cartel Twins yeah. mixtape. You can get it on SoundCloud or MixCloud. And we'll be coming to iTunes uh, by the end of the year. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, it's also been one of our main goals is to give. I mean, the whole goal of DJing is to put music into people's ears. And with the podcast, we really feel that we have a platform to do that in a yeah. way that's not just in a club, but you know, we can reach our audience online. And you know, we've been so doing very well with that. When it comes out, we need everybody to post it on Tuesday and tag a hundred friends. A hundred. A hundred friends. If you do Every hundred and one, I love it. <laughs> if you're not tagging a hundred friends, come yeah. on. Come on. It's <laughs> 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 good distribution. Although lately it hasn't been a hundred tags, it's been like 10 or 15. Yeah, it's yeah, 10, 15. Which is modest, you know, we appreciate it, but a yeah. hundred is what you need to do. Yeah, I repost. I repost on SoundCloud. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, so that you you got your SoundCloud up too, fire reposts. So yeah, I I only repost fire. That's it. That's I don't DJ. I don't make radio shows, but you do have a taste in music and yeah, I hit, I hit that repost button and I should have a following for that. That's true. No, listen. You also want people to hear what you're listening to. If you like it, I'm sure somebody else will. And you, you're doing the this you're going to turn into a podcast this uh the hangout you're going to turn that into a podcast and put it on your page as well mm -hmm. so it's going to be a youtube show where people could actually watch us speak and then it's also going to be a podcast where people are automatically going to download it on itunes every week nice awesome. cool man and eventually once we get the ball really rolling on it you know maybe we'll set up some cdjs and we could do like a 30 minute guest mix oh, and awesome. um People could listen to the conversation, and then after that, they could listen to the mix. They could kind of fast forward and start from the mix and listen to the conversation. We'll see what happens. Yeah, man. That sounds like a great idea. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have a serious question for you guys. Yeah. How long? Uh, how long have you been growing your beard out? That's a good this question, is, man. This is a necessary um, topic because I, I have a little bit. Of Come yeah. in and show, and show the people your beard. No, sorry, I'm, I'm behind camera. It's, all, it's almost as long as Mike's beard, almost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hours. Hey, oh, yeah. 
it's listen, I'm a beer is you know, it's it, seems, it seems like you're 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 usually people grow hair at the top of their head. Thanks for reminding me. And, <laughs> and less so on the bottom of their head. Yeah, and if I could trade it all, I'd is still it, keep the beard, but I'd have some on top too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seems like the degree has like flipped. And you got zero at the top, and it's all coming down. Listen, man. Yeah. How, how did you guys got. pull this off? What's your secret? Uh, you know, do you use wax? I, I use oils in the beard, conditioner. I know a lot of people use wax and wax? oils. I don't, and I don't use wax. Uh, I, we use. Um, it. What's it called? It's uh, so rich. Oil, to touch. Morocco, or argan <laughs> oil. Argan oil. Ar- yeah. Oil. And yeah, it just keeps the moisture and, you know. Yeah, just little touch ups. We go to the barber every couple weeks and does the line. That's really your signature look. I mean, if one of you shaved your beard off, you guys wouldn't be twins anymore. Yeah. No, it's still still tech. tech. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. We wouldn't look alike, that's for sure. No. I mean, with the beards off, both of us, so, we look exactly alike, beards on, but then. Yeah, you know, the beers are very important. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. So are. you guys trim it and oil it and nurture yeah. it and read the bedtime stories and yeah, just yes. like a baby. So yes. how long has it been? Uh, since I mean, we we got it touched up, but like the length, this would probably take like a good year. A year? A year and a half. Yeah. This length. This is half a year, and it's not nearly wow. even wow. like. A Th- this is this is ever so. since they moved to Brooklyn, we started going up because the lie is you move to Brooklyn and you start going your facial hair. That's the truth. That's, That's the, the truth. Yeah. That's and so actually, true. actually, it was funny though. Uh, I went to the barber uh, not this time, but last time. He pulled out uh, hair from my beard, but it was like literally down to here. So I guess it just got like stuck up in there and just kept on growing and growing and growing. Uh, just, and, just you know, the comparison. This yeah. is my beard after like a year and a half. It's not fair, no. I beard growing skills. Wow. It's the oil. It has to be oil. <laughs> it's, it's just so. Jesus. It's just dump oil all over your face every single day. <laughs> all day. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, we're gonna give you that advice. <laughs> I'll, I'll just buy a, a, a glue a beard on. I went to the casino once actually and they were they uh because I had like the fresh lineup and everything like oh is that beard fake? I was like uh no. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird fucking question. How old are you guys? We're twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah man. Alright. I'm in no rush to become thirty, but you know, twenty eight is fine, I have wisdom now. That's yeah. what this game is. I feel like uh, in the EDM scene, a lot of DJs like Martin Garrix can book or Hardwell, they're fucking 18 years old, they blow yeah. up overnight. Right. In the techno scene, people yeah. people don't blow up until like they're 10 years into it, they're like much older, you know, yeah. guys like Boris, Danny Tanaglia, Victor Calderon, What's Richie Hotton. I mean, a know, lot of these guys like Danny T and Boris started out in New York doing the same thing we're doing, going out to the clubs, meeting people, creating themselves as a New York-based uh, you know, artist and um, bringing that with them and just carrying it through their careers. So, uh, New York definitely and Brooklyn has a huge techno scene, a huge underground scene. May not always have a light shining on it, but you know, it's there and it's thriving. And, um, you know, 
Same. We're looking to being being born in Brooklyn, being Brooklyn Knights. You know, this is uh, who we want to represent and where we want to go. Yeah, we all, we want to tell people we're from New York when we're out in a different country. If we're in Berlin, yeah. say we're from New York City, and you know maybe in Berlin they'll, they'll have a little bit less respect for anybody on Saturday because that is the capital of techno. But yeah. you know, I think New York City has a, a pretty nice impact on the scene nowadays, especially like you said with Boris and Danny T. It yeah. definitely uh, brought that respect to the genre in New York. Yeah, and that's if you work, you climb the ladder, just like anything else. You want to do something, Danny T, Boris, they all, everybody's got to do it. You got to work your way up. Some people make it overnight, but, you know, Martin. most people work a long time. Even Martin Garrix had to spend many years learning how to use his programs and developing himself as a producer and developing his image before he made it to the point where somebody was willing to pick up on him. Yeah, yeah, it's also sure. get noticed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. There's a lot involved. He just started very young. So. Yeah, yeah, Martin Garrix has an interesting story. I was watching a documentary. Apparently, he like had to drop out of school because his touring was becoming such a big part of his life. And like the some of the tracks that he made, like animals, like the things that really blew him up, uh, he actually did as like a like a like a school project. Right, wow. Yeah. wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I so. didn't know that. Well, yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of work. He had to go to school, learn, and you know, he made that his goal to, to make a song. That obviously became very, very successful yeah. for him. The quicker you know what you want to do, the quicker you can do it. So That's the truth. You know, he, when he was that young, that was his passion. We had the same passion, but uh, also... We went, to, uh, we went to college, you know, we, we supported our yeah, we, we supported ourselves. We supported ourselves through college by DJing in New York City. And then when we got out, you know, we wanted to reach different goals. We tried it out, we realized where our passions are. So we mm -hmm. stuck to what we knew and continued on the road that, you know, we left off on. What is the most rewarding part for you about this whole experience? DJing? It's seeing smiles on people's faces, yeah. man. Yes, yeah. you, you see know, people like people. letting go and just having a good time and to know that you're kind of able to give that to them. Of course, there's a lot of elements in it, but being the ones that put the music in your ears, people are coming there just to, you know, to let loose. And when everything syncs up, when it's all aligned and people are happy and they're dancing and, you know, you see people getting intimate and really having a good time, there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing more rewarding than that. The room just kind of clicks and the vibe is there and everybody's it's like a shared experience exactly. that you create through music. Exactly. And I think that many, many DJs aren't able to fine tune that vibe and get it to click. But I think that's something I've seen you guys many times and I think that's something that you accomplish each and every time, which is appreciate that, man. really exciting for me and a treat whenever I see you live. Thank yeah. you, I really appreciate that. We put a lot into it, so. Yeah. yeah. It's Very much good to hear that it's reciprocated, yeah. Yeah, you, you just feel it, you know, you feel it in the air. It's yeah. true. It's yep. the X factor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you guys. I've, I've been curious, uh, so, alright, so when you have twins, right, they're two separate people. I'm just going to set this up and, yeah. Why don't you sit down? Just because I want to Just sit down and ask your question. It's going to be weird if you're not on the show. It's not a show. Yeah, it's a hangout. People We're just hanging out. You can get where you want. It doesn't matter. It's not an interview. <laughs> so I need to know this because 
what is the common ground that you guys find? And how did you guys uh, understand that you both wanted to be doing the same thing? Right. I, I guess yeah, it was that's, that's actually, that's actually a really good question. Yeah, that's a really good question. We, I mean, we had a point in that we've always been DJs. We DJed in college for income. So that's how we told that, our, How did that come about? Uh, well, we, it was just natural when we were 12, we were DJing. By the age of 17, we were throwing our own parties, like, you know, underage parties. It was, how did you uh, start DJing? Uh, our brother had turntables in the house, and uh, okay. when he would leave, kind of like going in his room. My needle is a different spot. What you guys do? Like, you know, forget to take it off the record. So just sitting there, and come on, all pissed off. But hey, we're learning. We're doing what we thought yeah. was right. And you guys started with vinyls. And yeah, we started with vinyl turntables. turntables at our place right now. You've seen them. Yeah, yeah that's what we that's what we practice on. But uh, we in the clubs we use pioneers. So. Um, you know, we know the equipment very well. You know, we, we had the natural start to DJing, which I think is, is something that's not found as often today as it should be. You said yeah. you started throwing some illegal parties, some raves? Uh, I wouldn't call oh, them illegal. Underage oh. parties, you know. I'd say you're, 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 you're never too young to listen to music. Yeah, Come on, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think music is a crime. That's, that's yeah, the truth. Uh, but uh, the drinking that was going on at that point. Whoa! You're saying too much. Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment. Come on, guys. Jesus. You got some lawyers watching. You're like, oh my god, these guys. They're drinking juice. It's just regular, nothing. Just pineapple juice. Nothing else Some in there. Strawberry banana. They said they're drinking juice. It's like they're <laughs> <laughs> drinking juice. No <laughs> alcohol. They're drinking juice. They're drinking. So you guys just grew into it. Like, yeah, man. When we threw the parties, you know, we were like, we were living in Jersey and we had clubs that would hire us, um, but it was so few and far in between that we were getting club gigs, which was our goal that when we were in Brooklyn, we saw a little spot, it's called Pie Squared at the time, and we were like, you know what, let's go in there, 17 years old, we're like, let's, you know, maybe they'll let us throw a party, and uh, the owner was nice enough to let us throw the parties there. Uh, we, you know, we rocked out with like sometimes 200 plus people in a venue that fits 100 to 150, like maximum. Did you guys and it's all like 17, 18 year olds that were, you know, they're still hanging out to this day, going to clubs, but back then we're very much on their age and we have to pay off the bouncers to get our friends in, but, you know, thank God everybody was paying a cover and we made enough to be able to make the bouncers happy. And it was just everybody had a great time. Hey, listen, it was like, it was a party. We, you know, we wanted to do it, we wanted to DJ the club, and at that time, in order to do it, we had to throw our own party. Is that and that's still what we did to DJ. Thing well, the bouncer. I feel like that's like pre 9 well, <laughs> mentality. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we're all older know. now, but like when you were a kid, I think it happens all the time. You think yeah. about if you were a kid, who's going to stop you from trying to get into a club if you can do if it? If it doesn't work and you slip the bouncer a 20 and he's okay with it, listen, nobody's getting hurt and that's that's where it ends, right? I listen. He's giving out keys right there, kids. You know, yeah, no, he's wanting to know. Do not take my advice. Nothing, nothing, ideas. Ask your parents before you go to the club if you're. I hope not. Seventeen, eighteen-year-olds are always.
to um, fast forward a little bit. So you guys are throwing these underage raves, and then, but you're also going to college and studying business, and then you graduate. Right. Yeah. Correct. So it's, that's, it's not underage raves; it's all ages raves. Yeah. yeah so oh, wait, this that's true. This is good. This is a yeah, good point. All ages. Uh, yeah, we went to college. We did go to college, <laughs> and um, I think that was something that. You know, we're trying to be realistic at the time, which in a way is the reason why it may have taken us a decade to get to the point where we look like an overnight success. But it's not, uh, it's not, you know, we went to, to school for finance and pleased and our, our family, pleased uh, the thought in our head that we have to be realistic and have that backup and realize like, you know, you can have I a backup. Want, I want my happiness. It. Yeah, I still want you, my happiness. In life, you want to do what you want to do, and if you're not happy doing something, and you're sitting there, so, and you keep on doing it, you're just hurting yourself, and I'd rather be passionate about something, really love getting up in the morning, and, you know, doing what I want to do, so. So you know, guys, Jane, was that for us? You guys graduated with finance degrees? Right, yeah, finance, finance and, and marketing. marketing. But, but musicians, but musicians and artists aren't smart people. I never said we were smart. <laughs> no, that's impressive though. Finance, that's dope. So, Thank you know, we are intelligent and effective people. We're just using our IQ, our EQ, I feel like, towards art, creativity. And there's a lot more to the business side of DJing and just, Absolutely. you know, pressing buttons and pe making people dance. And I feel like that's a misconception. Oh yeah, people think, people think it's just go up on stage and that's, Press a button that, that's and all, all the social media, all the going out and talking to people and creating the name and, and the, the brand. That's yeah. that's an everyday thing, every single day. Yeah. This week, that's not stop. Had it studying finance, and you could say it didn't. That's fine. Yeah. But had had the finance prepare you for what you guys are doing right now? Uh, uh, like, how do you apply what you learned in school to? Because my theory goes that going to school and studying a major absolutely does not mean that you have to go into that field. Of course of not. A lot, a lot so of people, you guys are living a lot of people, even if they're not going into entertainment or something that's you know on the side of different side of education, uh, they don't use their degree the way it was supposed to. So somebody might get out of school for economics, but then you know go into a career that's more hospitality management based, something like that happens very often. And uh, for us, we learned a lot from, from our uh, going to school for finance. I would say the marketing side, honestly, was the most valuable to what we do now. Um, and we gained a lot. Uh, we, had, we had minor, actually, in marketing and uh, um, major, <coughs> major in finance. And so the finance part, you know, it helped out in a way where we're able to manage money, whatever, but, you know, to be completely honest, it doesn't hold as much value as the marketing. Yeah, um, I, think it's our, I think it's something as we grow and, you know, we take on different ventures, we'll be like uh, uh, more, have, have a broader knowledge going into certain things, certain businesses and different other objectives that we have. We also, uh, also learn how to build a business plan and, and do things that essentially are thinking of uh, they're all goal-based, so we, you know, we're able to to learn from our teachers that you have to go out there and you have to uh, represent, for example, the finances that you need the right way and not undervalue yourself. 
you know, to really learn the value of ourselves as a business. So in that regard, yeah, finance helped help so us realize education still valuable. Education is valuable. Now you guys graduated and you got right back into the DJing, huh? Yeah. Well, with yeah, the I remember you guys played Cielo in your early twenties. Yes, uh, yeah. uh, Cielo. No, Cielo was uh, that was actually this year. We started working in Cielo. That was our debut. Yeah. You, you guys used to do Pacha and uh, Pasha and uh, uh, we did a lot. Like of all the clubs that don't exist yeah. anymore. Pink mm -hmm. Elephant, uh, Mansion. I don't know what else. Tell us about how was it different than seven years ago? Um, what I mean, was, I, take I, us to that time. I think techno still exists. Take us back to the parachute pants. I can't say I wore parachute pants, but we were chilling. I did. Uh, I never did, but I, I, we were chill, definitely chilling in the audience with some kids that did, man. You know, it's the scene is. The scene has evolved where techno, which is internationally one of the more recognized genres in dance music, um, has, has grown to be uh, more popular in New York. And back seven years ago, you know, you, even to this day, you know, EDM is like the popular thing. So the dubstep, the, the drum and bass a little bit, but the electro and the progressive house, that was like, that was really hot back then. And um, nowadays you can, you know, play tech house, you can play techno and people aren't going to be upset about it at maybe a, a, a spot that's a little bit more hip hop or like pop, top 40 beats. You can get away with that more nowadays. Um, and you guys are more club, also more clubs that, that make that genre available to New York. So again, I, I think I think that right now you can't come up as a New York DJ just by playing EDM and like popular songs. Like oh, people yeah. like house music, people like an original style of groove, something to make people dance. Yeah. Like you can't just it's play not about big drops songs. and all that. It's yeah. about you know, just being able to dance and move. Yeah. Right? Dance for eight hours straight. Yeah, you know, yeah. as an adult. Yeah. yeah. So during those times, you were playing bottle service clubs. People, you were dressed up in like button-down shirts, and it was kind of like. I don't, I wouldn't say we dressed in button downs. We were the guys that walked in in t-shirts, and the yeah. promoters are like, "Oh, what the fuck, man? Why are you dressed like that?" Yeah. <laughs> um, Girl, we're growing our beards, growing our beards out. They're like, "Oh, why are you growing your beards?" Because you know they're dealing with these finance guys or whatever in New York that mm -hmm. are buying the bottles, and that's what they look like. But you know, what, one of the statements that we make with our beard is, "We are different than other people." So you know, it makes people curious. It's good. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, and I'm trying to fill in the gap between the time that you graduated college when you were like 21, 22, you were playing bottle service clubs to this summer when like you took off as like techno DJs. What happened during those five years? Like it's like a blur in my mind. Meaning, meaning what with our sound, with what we were doing with our like how did we get from there to here? What we were doing at that time, we got out of college and uh, you know. DJing became more of a side thing at that time for probably like a year to two years. Where we do it like about two gigs a year. Just yeah, we were doing a few gigs a year and kind of like, uh, you know, trying to take advantage of our degrees. Yeah. And uh, we both found ourselves really kind of just unhappy. And it wasn't what we, you know, how we saw ourselves, what we saw ourselves doing. Both of us, I said, speak for both of us, but you know, we should both share that yeah. that feeling. And uh, 
there was a time like three years ago where we both sat down or like three, four, four years ago at this point where we sat down and, uh, you know, it was like, I, I was sick for my job. Like, I don't think I want to go back in. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I just want to DJ. Right? Yeah. I want to do this. I'm tired of being unhappy with my life. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we knew we had it in us. We knew what we were doing, so. We took the advantage and uh, we... The way that it went is we made a solid decision that we're in this for the full-time gig. And we made that commitment between each other. And then we decided, you know, we we would move to New York again. And we would go into the clubs, meet people, get our names out there, tell people who the cartel twins are. And now they know who they are. So we're very, very fortunate to have that reciprocated with the gigs that we have coming up continuously getting invited to play more venues. It's, it's an amazing feeling. Yeah. Are you guys happy with where you are? Yeah, right absolutely. Now? absolutely. I'd, rather, I'd rather have the worst day on this job is better than the, the best day on, on any other job. Exactly. I, and even if it's a constant grind and sometimes I'm not sleeping more than three, four hours a night, you know, at the end of the day, I know that I feel, feel good inside. Yeah, it's the bottom line, I feel good inside. Dicks yep. out for that. Dicks out. Dicks out. So we have a comment here from Vlad Simpler. Okay. Do you guys know him? Yes. Cool. He says, wow, who are these hotties? Wow. He says he saw you guys on TV. Uh, you know, maybe the, the Facebook Live, I don't know, on TV? It's possible. Are you guys on a... Facebook is more important than Maybe the Val caught us the glitch in the matrix again and somebody sent it to Lucifer, that's <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, it could happen. And they're like, did you guys see this glitch? We're viral. Hi, mm-hmm. mom. What are some of your short-term goals that you're trying to accomplish over the next, say, like few months and then over the next few years? Uh, definitely have some some goals. Uh, for for the next six months, we're really working on getting out of the country. And uh, two two major goals are producing a record for you know something more comfortable to release as our sound. Yeah. And um, we're looking. We have a few collaborations that we're trying to get. And we have studio time, so that's all being worked on right now. Works right now. We'll have something by the end of the year released. It's, that's our belief at the moment. And. Uh, we are trying to get out of the country, so we're going to do like a going south tour and try to get out to Miami, Puerto Rico, Colombia, and uh, just get out of America. Cool. Yeah, North America. I wasn't going to say anything, but you guys are pale. You got the dark circles under it's, your eyes. You, you, you need a vacation. It's <laughs> <laughs> calling. Yeah. I'm going to Miami tomorrow myself, and it's like it couldn't come any sooner. Yeah, and I'm so jealous of you. Yeah, um, so so those are the short-term goals. <laughs> short-term goals, yeah. Cool. <laughs> short-term, what short-term, you know? Yeah, what, what about... Uh, How does the end of the year look like uh, in a more... Con- like in, in a more realistic... Like, do you guys have things booked? Will yeah, you yeah, we volunteer at Santa Claus at the end of the year? And like, yes, we'll do our yearly round of Santa Claus. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's where the real money is. And the real happiness too. Yeah, it's true. Giving joy to the world. Yeah. 
Um, if you guys could DJ dressed up as twin Santas. Oh, <laughs> that would be really lovely. Kids are gonna be really confused when they're like, I thought there was one Santa, and we'll be there to be like, Santa's not real. That's two Santas, zero gifts. Oh my god. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's what we do. That's how we the summer. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, are you guys going as Harambe for Halloween? Uh, actually, I, actually. I that uh, has to I be a thing. You know, I can't say for sure, but I was thinking maybe something like that. Yeah, that was the idea. One of us is going to be the zookeeper with the fatal shot. And then the other one, Harambi. Well, and then you can have a little nice stuffed toy with a child. child. And you get all the shadows. <laughs> and also, yeah. Harambi's dick is going to be yes. just wide. There's a chance, just there's a chance I might have my dick out as Harambi, too. So that's nice. We're really bringing back the memories of a fallen hero. Yeah. It's that, Halloween. That'll really inspire people to live their lives. Yes. So. <laughs> Let's continue this conversation. We have about 10 minutes uh, in the studio left. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and guys, if you could just like move over to the So I was actually thinking about kind of just winding down now and the guys could like tell us about where people could find them. Please. Awesome. So I was thinking about just winding down. <laughs> and, and, uh, if you guys could just uh, maybe like just go over your shows and tell people where they could find you, like your socials yes. and like where you're most active. My social is one, two, three. That's what you want, though, right? Social. <laughs> uh, social media. Social media. We got. Um, uh, our handle is at Cartel Twins. You can catch us on Instagram if you want some funny memes or Twitter. Um, at, we're also on Mixcloud and Soundcloud. So we're on our podcast. It's called The Mixtape every single week. You know, we made it to episode 51 this week. Next week will be episode 52. So you can catch us Soundcloud, Mixcloud, at Cartel Twins. That's where you'll get the podcast and be able to hear our music. Um, and then, you know, face, like Gabe said, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you'll be able to catch our funny memes, pictures of us, you know, get, get a glimpse of our personalities if you haven't gotten a taste of that today. <laughs> In the live shows. Yes. Uh, you had a little yeah. bit of, yes, you yes, had a yes, lineup. We'll, we'll post that on our page as well. Okay. I know you got like five confirmed dates. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We only post when, you know, we know so we have a date, so we have a few others. Obviously, always in the works, but uh, we have a full fall lineup coming out. We should have about 10, 10 dates in that time, so it'll be enough for everybody to get out and see us. You gotta catch us at least one time this fall. Yeah, Where, and you know, and the time, 100 people, don't forget. 100 people, no How less. How should people come to their show, your show? Like, should they come with an open mind? Should they have a few drinks? Like, definitely drink some alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, unless you're, you know, a recovering alcoholic, then I'm sorry, you can stay sober. Or under 21. Let's play it safe here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, people should come to our shows open-minded. We, you know, we, we've been pretty upfront with it. We play techno, tech house, deep house, but every show is a little bit different. So, uh, you know, come out, have some fun. We, we communicate with everybody, so guys, please hit us up on Instagram, slide into our DMs, Twitter, 
Facebook, message us. Yeah, don't and, be you know, shy when you see us in person. Just don't ask us if we're twins. Yeah, if, if you know that we're twins and you ask us, I'm intentionally gonna fuck with you. So please, guys, don't make this too easy on me. And uh, yeah, you, you can catch us there tonight. Like we mentioned earlier, we'll be playing with Monolock at uh, Analog in Brooklyn. So if you'd like to come out, hit us up. We'll chat about it. And space on Sunday. Space on Sunday with Robert Dietz. Awesome. And on our part, you guys could follow the Hangout on Facebook. We're also going to post the high quality show on YouTube this week. Subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube so you guys know when the episodes come out. Um, also, we do have an, this, this show is a subsidiary of a bigger company called Pasolsky Brothers, where we do the best photography and video production around New York City. It is true. Uh, we work with everybody. Our favorite types of people to work with are DJs and music business and nightclubs. So, um, yeah, BasalskiBrothers.com. Hit us up. And get earplugs. Very important to protect your ears. We promote ear safety. That, that's right. Um, our episodes are actually sponsored by Earpiece. Yeah. Um, only 20 bucks online. Um, you could use our link and you could order them, bring them to the club, pop them in your ears. It reduces the sound, but it doesn't muffle the quality of the music. Um, I know a lot of people, including myself, that kind of started getting my hearing damaged from right. going to clubs all these yeah. years. Right. Uh, sometimes it's just a little too loud. Sometimes you're a little too close to the speaker. Sometimes you just want to be able to communicate with girls and like hit on them and not be like, what, what, every five minutes. So okay. spend the 20 bucks and buy one. Yep. They also yeah. have custom plugs for those who want to spend a little extra. Yeah, a little bit extra and we'll make custom molds for you as well. They um, work with ACS Customs, which is the number one company in worldwide. So they're quality, high ACS quality. Customs. I gotta pair Good myself. Piece. Yeah. Me too. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. Thanks for being here for the first time. That's it. Thank you guys for having us. Thank you guys. It's been a good time. Thank you guys.